You're listening to Malta Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, uh, we join uh, Sean Fu, and he's uh, talking about China's uh, treasury dump isn't going to stop. And the recent uh, G20 summit uh, saw the unveiling of uh, Biden's uh, trade corridor plan, which is a direct competitor. Uh, competitor to China's uh, Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, this competition for global uh, trade is going to really challenge China and it's going to make uh, no sense for China to finance America through buying treasury bonds and so forth. And uh, yes, there's something you need to know that is, uh, yeah, is that America has uh, lit the fuse. What's going to happen then? Yeah, we're going to look forward to that. And uh, the game is on. And then uh, thereafter, Sean Fu uh, looks at uh, what's happening in Germany and uh, Germany crashing. And you know why all this is happening? It's all because one big story about Ukraine. So sit back and enjoy Sean Fu's uh, comments. And uh, definitely his uh, criticism is uh, well thought of. And China has had enough. For many months now, Beijing has been dumping tons of their US bond holdings. Looking at the past year, we can see a consistent sell-off. They have gone from 938 billion down to 835 billion. And in total, they have sold 103 billion worth of treasuries, which is around 11% of their holdings. But why is China selling them like hotcakes? Some would say it's because of sanctions. China is afraid of the United States freezing their assets. Another reason is because of America's endless deficit spending. The borrowing doesn't seem to stop, and this is spiking bond yields, devaluing China's holdings. Now, those are very valid arguments, but just a week ago, America gave China the biggest reason to stop lending them money. During the G20 summit, the United States unveiled a big project. They are working with the EU to back an ambitious plan. They are moving to establish a trade corridor that links Europe the Middle East and India together. Obviously, China wasn't part of this grand scheme because it is a plan to counter Beijing's BRI, the Belt Road Initiative. And whether it's a serious plan or just plain blustering, we best believe that China is watching these on the sidelines. In this grand game of economic chess, America is now moving to challenge China in an existential way, which is actually more dangerous than financial sanctions. The United States has tried to defeat China in manufacturing, but that has been an abject failure. Just look at the TSMC plant in Arizona. The Taiwan chip maker is complaining that there is a lack of skilled workers in the United States, and this will delay mass production all the way until 2025, while trade unions are angry that the plant is planning to hire Taiwanese workers, so all this chaos is delaying manufacturing. Manufacturing there is becoming a dead end. The U.S. is now moving to compete with China in global trade and they are trying to do this by controlling the trade routes. And when you control how trade flows, you gain incredible advantages. To understand this, let's take a quick look at China's BRI. In the first half of 2023, China's trade with countries along the Belt Road reached almost 6.9 trillion yuan. And this is a year-on-year growth of 9.8% almost double digits. In fact, trade with BRI countries accounts for over a third of China's total import and export value. It is an existential part of China's economy and America is looking to wrestle control away from Beijing. If America's trade corridor really takes off, this will be bad for China. Trade within the corridor would be done in the US dollar and this further entrenches the reserve currency's position in the world. 
In addition, the trade corridor could even impose tariffs or taxes on China's goods as well, further squeezing Beijing's revenues. China's share of global trade could even drop. And because of this, China's most direct counter would be to drop their US Treasury holdings. And let me explain why. When a country issues bonds, they are borrowing money from the open market. And this money is then used to fund government spending. This can be used for healthcare, defense, and social programs. And in this case, it will be spent on financing the trade corridor. Europe is suffering from an energy crisis and high inflation. So this spending will largely be financed by the United States. For example, Biden is moving to back the World Bank to counter China on the world stage. To do this, he is seeking to borrow $3.3 billion from Congress today with a plan to raise $600 billion by 2027. And that is a ton of money, but there's a glaring problem. Interest rates have been rising. We have gone from zero rates all the way to 5.5%, which puts a burden on America's balance sheet if they keep borrowing. This really puts a physical constraint on how much money the US can borrow. And there are two issues with trying to counter China with the trade corridor. The first is digging yourself deeper into debt. To really make a difference, America will have to borrow trillions of dollars to compete, but that will drive bond yields to the moon. The 10-year Treasury yield recently hit a record high of 4.25%, and this is the highest point since 2007, just before the global financial crisis happened. And the more money you borrow, the more bonds you need to issue which pushes yields up even further. And as yields fly up, that in turn pushes the US economy closer to the brink of collapse. I'm talking about the real economy, guys. Even if Congress can borrow an unlimited amount of money, people on the street will suffer from higher mortgages and credit card payments. And the second problem is pushing your economy closer towards a fiscal cliff. Now, fiscal cliff simply means the point of no return. And this is when additional borrowing becomes impossible. Your existing debt burden has simply become impossible to service. The interest payments on the government debt have already exceeded 35% of tax receipts. For every $100 of money Congress brings in, $35 is used just to pay the interest on the national debt. And the higher this ratio becomes, the closer and closer we get towards a fiscal cliff. And when we get there, either America defaults on its debt or taxes gets raised to an ungodly level, right? Both outcomes would very well improve the US economy. For decades, China has been buying US bonds. Since 2002, China's bond holdings have grown year after year. It went from $70 billion to over $1.3 trillion at its peak. And that was the golden period of US-China relations where it made total sense for Beijing to hold US bonds. But now things have changed. If China continues to buy US treasuries, they will effectively be funding America's Middle East trade corridor. We need to understand this. Buying US bonds means financing Biden's efforts to challenge the BRI, which just doesn't make sense. And this is an existential challenge that China can't afford to lose. Back in 2022, Zoltan Posa of Credit Suisse wrote a very important paper called Bretton Woods Tree. And pay attention to this paragraph. For certain large countries in the global east, it makes absolutely no logical sense to roll their investments into G7 debt claims. It will mean funding America's geopolitical efforts against the East. So we can expect China to continue selling off their treasury holdings month after month. And I'm not saying that they'll reduce it to zero, but just the bare minimum to conduct trade and currency operations. And by refusing to buy any new treasuries, China is effectively removing a major bid from the market and making it more expensive for America to borrow money. 
it puts upwards pressure on US bond yields. And a big shout out to our sponsor today, Tiger Brokers. I've been buying stocks at ETS for the longest time, sending more money. They absolutely can because the rest of the G7 is still supporting the US bond market. US allies, including the UK, Belgium and Canada, have been piling on tons of treasury bonds over the past 12 months alone. The UK has increased their holdings by $55 billion. Belgium has bought $59 billion worth, while Canada is the top buyer, stacking on $65 billion. However, what's happening here is the transfer of risk. China's exposure to treasuries is going down, while the G7's exposure is going up. So if a default does happen, these countries are on the hook and the impact will be greater. But there's another reason why China will keep selling, and that's because their currency is falling fast against the dollar. The Chinese yuan has fallen dramatically against the dollar, down by 6%, and hitting a 16-year low. While this might be good for exports, the problem lies with rising costs of imports. China buys a ton of stuff like energy and food. A falling yuan increases the cost of imports, which isn't good as their own exports are falling. China is now in the same boat as Japan. They have to sell their treasury holdings to defend their local currency. However, there's a big problem with this. Remember when we said the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates? This means China has also been booking losses on their bond holdings as they continue to sell. Every time interest rates rise, bond values take a beating. And according to Fidelity, when interest rates rise by 1%, 10-year bonds could lose around 9% of their value. A 3% rise equates to a 27% crash in bond values. So just imagine the amount of losses China is booking by selling their bond holdings now. And if you're a bond investor, you probably know what I mean. Your bond values are probably down 10 to 20% as well. In essence, China's being forced to eat a loss in order to defend their own currency. In fact, this loss might have cancelled away their gains over the years. And this won't sit well with Beijing because de-risking from US debt is actually costing them money. And that's going to destroy any future incentive to further invest into the treasury market. By holding a ton of US bonds, you are opening yourself up to massive losses every time the Federal Reserve hikes rates. The only solution is not to play the game in the first place. And that's why the Chinese bid for treasuries is going to disappear from the market. They'll be investing elsewhere. And whether you like China or not, this has big implications. China still runs a huge trade surplus with the world, so they have a ton of excess cash. In 2022, China's trade with the world hit a massive surplus of $857 billion. Trade with the US alone accounted for over $400 billion of this surplus. And that is a lot of money, and where they choose to invest it in is very important. So where's Beijing going to stash their money? Well, China has been giving us a ton of clues they are getting more and more obvious. The first destination is of course gold, and this is probably the top spot for China when it comes to building their reserves. In a report by Bloomberg, China's gold binge extends to 10th month as reserves climb. Gold makes the perfect sense for China because it holds no counterparty risk and preserves value over a long period of time. Bullion held by the People's Bank of China rose by 930,000 troy ounces in August. The central bank said on Thursday, and that's equivalent to around 29 tons. Now, I for one don't believe China's figures when it comes to gold. I believe they are understating their purchases and holdings. The country is the world's biggest gold producer, and bullion hardly leaves the country. They are black hole for gold. So the estimate of their reserves, that 2100 figure, is likely a big understatement. China buying gold for 10 months straight is likely announcing to the world, 
hey, we are done with the dollar. We are selling treasuries month after month and buying gold instead. And this is a warning that the rest of the world is listening to. Over the past 18 months, central banks have been net buyers of gold and they have recently wrapped up their purchases in June and July, buying an average of 70 tons each month. And remember, this is when gold prices were around 1950, almost $2,000, and interest rates were still rising. Something fundamental has changed, and it's an underlying fear that America's deficit spending is getting out of control. If the US keeps borrowing money at this rate, sooner or later, the bond market will implode. The Federal Reserve will have to step in and monetize the debt and inflate it away with money printing. And that's why central banks around the world are buying gold and why China won't stop stacking as well. So let's understand this. Instead of financing America's own efforts against itself, Beijing is channeling their money away from US bonds towards gold. Inflation is still a long-term problem. Holding treasuries isn't smart for them. So there's only one option left. But gold is just one avenue. China is also going to pour more money into the Belt Road projects. In the first half of 2023, China has invested around $43 billion across 100 deals in the BRI countries. And this is money that is diverted away from risk-free US treasuries into so-called risky projects that could default. And we'll keep seeing China pour more and more money into the BRI deals because it is critical for their survival. The BRI is as important to China the same way the US dollar is to the United States. So even though Beijing is tackling their own property crisis at a slowdown, they will have to invest more money and more money into the Belt Road. And where is this money going to come from? It will be from US Treasury sales. It doesn't make strategic sense for China to fund Biden's trade corridor by stacking more Treasury bonds, right? It is counterproductive to buy more. In total, China has spent at least $1 trillion in building up the BRI and estimates claim it could reach as much as $8 trillion. They are all in with this project and with Biden's latest challenge, China is going to double down on this. And we can expect China to keep selling their bond holdings because buying more simply doesn't make sense. But let me know what you think in the comments below. It's worse. The German economy is crashing further and this decline can't seem to stop. And this is a case study of what happens when you lose the beating heart of your economy, which is cheap energy. We saw this crisis a mile away, guys, and Germany's economy is on the brink of long-term stagnation. And in our lead story today, Germany predicted to be the only major European economy to contract this year as recession lingers. And there's a reason why even the IFO Institute is calling Germany the sick man of Europe. It's because this decline is structural and there isn't any reverse button. Europe's largest economy is predicted to contract by 0.4% this year. This means the recession is going to continue possibly well into 2024. When you lose your biggest leverage, which is cheap energy, everything else crumbles into dust. And how long can Germany sustain this burn? Because neither Saudi Arabia nor Russia is going to increase production to lower gas prices for Olaf Scholz. Sure, Germany has an ambitious plan to increase their renewable energy mix from 47% today to 80% by 2030. They want the majority of their energy to be generated from wind and solar power, but this ignores the fact that the immediate crisis they are facing is one of fossil fuels, of gas power. And what happens from now all the way until 2030? And that is assuming everything goes smoothly during this transition. Companies are starting to move away from German soil and winter is coming, guys. 
Yes, we all seem to forget Ned Stark's warning. The White Walkers are coming. During the winter in 2022, households and industries cut back on their energy consumption. While that helped to prevent a shortage of gas, prices were still sky high and German industry took a big hit. It triggered a landslide contraction, which we are now seeing in real time. And if winter gets colder, and if Putin decides to ramp up the pain with more production cuts, Germany and the EU will all suffer. And this is a horrible dilemma to be in because all the critical inputs in Germany are out of their control. In the Bloomberg survey of economists, they are forecasting Germany's GDP to recover by 2024, hovering around 0.4% growth. But those are very optimistic projections that don't really factor in higher energy prices and the slowing global economy. Germany is highly dependent on manufacturing exports to grow, but now both the supply and the demand side of the equation are compromised, and this pain is just going to continue. In a report by the Financial Times, Germany's industrial gloom is getting worse as production falls, and this is dragging the eurozone deeper into recession, with Q2 growth revised down to 0.1%. The once-proud German auto industry is driving this drop. Made in Germany is about to be replaced by made in China very soon. And it's not a question of quality, but a question of manufacturing costs. German cars might be of higher quality, but it doesn't matter when the whole world is broke and price really does matter. And here's how bad things are. Production in Germany's car-making sector fell 9%, and that is a humongous drop that can't be ignored. In fact, car makers are getting help outside of Germany to produce their own cars. I kid you not, guys. It's tragic and really shows you the state of manufacturing in Europe. According to Bloomberg, the German car maker BMW is getting help from China to produce electric Mini Coopers. They are relying on China's Great Wall Motor Company to produce their cars for import into Europe. So cars are being made in China for the BMW brand and then shipped to Europe. And this means even after all the hassle, even after all the export costs, it is still cheaper to manufacture out of Germany. Sure, a big factor is tapping to China's EV advantage. China's EV tech is more advanced than Europe, but that is just one small factor. The key difference is all about energy costs. Manufacturing in Germany is just too expensive. Researchers have found that the average price of an EV in China was less than 32,000 euros. But in Europe, this was around 56,000 euros. That is a 25% difference because manufacturing in China is simply cheaper. Auto supplier Forvia has also confirmed that Chinese automakers can make EVs cheaper. Compared to Europe, China can produce it for 10,000 euros cheaper, which is why we are seeing BMW produce their Mini Coopers there. It's not rocket science, it's all about unique economics. And in this chart, we can see how higher energy costs have crippled Germany's industries. Compared to services, the energy-intensive industrials have collapsed. Production is down almost 20% from the 2015 baseline, which is a big problem. The moment Germany was decoupled from cheap Russian gas, this crisis became inevitable. Energy is an input cost that directly affects the selling price. We are now in a world where the extra thousand or two on the price tag is enough to turn off consumers. Everyone is price sensitive today. Guys, even at a supermarket, I'm on the brink of going for house brands. Just imagine that, house brands to save an extra 10, 20 or even 30%. Manufacturing is the beating heart of the German economy and if that collapses, the rest of the economy would fall into recession. Compared to the rest of the G7 nations, Germany's dependence on industry is big. It accounts for nearly 27% of economic output 
and is only matched by Japan at 29%. The United States and France are more service sector oriented, so higher energy prices might be bad, it might be hard, but not exactly crippling. And in a shocking update, German factory orders slumped more since lockdowns in 2020. The July drop was worse than predicted by any economist. And we aren't talking about a 5 or 6% drop, which is bad enough. We are talking about a double-digit crash. A simple little device is sending the traditional solar panel industry into panic mode. A moderate contraction of 4.3%, but Germany is now facing an 11.7% crash in factory orders. Consumption is crashing because price matters. If China's own factories are struggling today, it's no surprise that German orders are collapsing under the weight of higher energy costs. And it doesn't take a genius to see where this will lead to. Massive job losses in manufacturing and companies relocating away to other countries. And that in turn triggers even more job losses on German soil. We have the head of the German Industry Federation, the BDI, giving a dire warning. They are sounding the alarm bells, warning that German energy prices are so high they are driving companies to relocate. When asked about our current energy situation, here's what the BDI president had to say. Many Germany headquartered businesses are doing well globally, but they are struggling with operations in their own country. And this tells us the headspace of companies in Germany. And let's focus on China a bit now. Because even though there's all this talk of decoupling, German companies are actually moving there. And it's not because they love China. It's just pure economics and necessity. Check this out guys, Volkswagen is investing $1 billion in China to access its EV market. Even as Olaf Scholz is calling for de-risking, the private sector is saying no, we can't do it. And this new business center will be launching in 2024 and will create more than 2,000 jobs. It's mainly R&D for now, but the center will cover the actual production and manufacturing of cars down the road. So this energy crisis is real, and the longer it drags on, more companies could relocate abroad. Some will head to China for cheaper manufacturing, others will head to the United States for generous subsidies. And it's all about lowering production costs however you can. But the end result is still the same, a hollowing out of the German industry. And this macroeconomic environment is getting from bad to worse. We have never been in a situation where there are multiple storms converging together. Inflation is still a crisis, and that is forcing central banks to hike interest rates. However, we are also facing a global consumption crash, where buyers are scaling back on everything, right? Higher rates will crush consumers even more. But the ECB is trapped, and interest rates will likely go higher. Christine Lagarde, the head of the ECB, has vowed to keep interest rates higher for longer to slay the inflation beast. ING Bank has also released its base case scenario for the rate hikes going forward. They believe there's at least one more hike of 25 basis points coming. But in reality, there are probably a few more because inflation is still the monster in the room. To really fight higher prices, you need to raise rates above the benchmark rate. The ECB rate is currently at 3.75%, but that is a far cry from where we need it to be. If we compare the current inflation rates in both the Eurozone and Germany, we begin to see a very big problem. August inflation for the Eurozone comes in at 5.3%. Germany's numbers are even worse, clocking in at 6.1%, but both inflation numbers are far higher than the ECB's benchmark interest rate. There's this big disparity between 5.3% and 3.75%, which tells us that more rate hikes are likely to come. You need to incentivize people to save more and to spend less, 
And to accomplish that, interest rates have to go above inflation at the very least. There's absolutely no room for either the ECB or the Bundesbank to inject stimulus to save the economy, right? Even the Federal Reserve doesn't dare to do it. Olaf Scholz himself is rejecting the idea of any fresh stimulus to boost the economy. And listen to this. I set no store by a debt finance flash in a pan so-called stimulus program that will counteract the European Central Bank's attempt to fight inflation. Back in July, the economy minister Harbeck warned that Germany faces five tough years. And if the government doesn't approve fresh subsidies, there is a big risk of German industries leaving the country, which is what we are seeing now. The country's industrial base could shrink. So we can see the quandary that Germany is trapped in. But it's not going to be easy and it's going to get worse because it's not just about securing your energy supply, guys, but buying it at a good price. And guess who's in total control of the global energy market? OPEC Plus, specifically Russia and Saudi Arabia. They have regained control and they are now behind the wheel. The problem Europe has is still an incredible dependence on Russian gas today. While it is true that pipe natural gas has gone dramatically down, the Eurozone is now hooked on Russian LNG. Even after all the sanctions, the EU is importing a crazy amount of Russian LNG, hitting over 1.2 million tons in May this year. We can see the reliance has increased from the pre-war levels. Europe is importing Russian LNG like never before because they simply need the energy. According to Reuters, this dependency has actually grown. Seven months of the year, EU countries imported 40% more LNG from Russia than two years ago. And this means Putin can always turn off the gas taps this winter and ramp up the inflation pain. And this will come at a time when German industries are on their knees. And there's a real possibility that this might happen if Russia cuts away the gas supply. We can expect another surge in inflation that Germany isn't prepared for. Even if they don't import Russian energy directly, cutting supply will increase the global price of LNG for Europe. Even the IEA is afraid that Europe might not survive this coming winter. They have issued a daily warning to the EU that this energy crisis is far from over. A cold winter, together with a full halt of Russian pipe gas supplies to the European Union, starting from 1st October 2023, could easily renew price volatility and market tensions. So we have two factors on our hands. Russia could very well halt gas supplies again this coming October to the EU. They have done it before and they could always do it again. Then we have the possibility of a colder winter. And this is something that no one can predict. But if these two things happen together, right, we could see another energy crisis happen. Now, this wouldn't be an issue if Germany had a backup plan. But guess what? They have shut down all of their nuclear power plants. On April 15, Germany ceased to produce any more electricity from their nuclear plants. At its peak, nuclear energy generated 25% of Germany's energy. Essentially, they have crippled themselves. They cut away any alternatives. And even Greta Thunberg says it is a mistake for Germany to abandon nuclear power. And I hate to say that I agree with her. The Germans are simply piling on more dependency on natural gas. And this time, it's LNG. We are witnessing mistake after mistake. Germany's recession is going to be deeper and last for longer. And there's really no easy way out for Germany this time. The deck is truly stacked against them. But it gets worse. Instead of closing ranks with its biggest trading partner, which is China, Germany is moving to decouple further from Beijing. They are moving to tighten foreign investments from China and any future capital coming from China will be scrutinized and approval will be harder. In addition, 
Germany is making it much harder for private companies to invest in China. And they are doing this by removing government guarantees for investments in China. In a government document, we get to see the full extent of these investment curbs. The volume of investment guarantees provided by the German government to companies investing in China has collapsed this year. And without investment guarantees, companies investing in China will not be protected from any political risks such as government confiscation. And so far, only 52 million euros in guarantees have been issued this year. And then- yes, uh, we leave it at that. And uh, well, crisis upon crisis coming on uh, for Europe. And uh, yes, it all started over the uh, Ukrainian crisis created by the UN and uh, the US. And who's going to pay the price? Yeah, they'll pay the price. Well, thank Lucolo for great uh, engineering uh, this evening. And uh, inshallah, you have a blessed evening. Keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming and a lovely uh, document, uh, lovely programming coming through from the team and I till we meet you again. We bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.